Welcome. I'm Tracy Poisner, and this is the Undeletable Dad podcast, a show for divorced or separated fathers. My job here is to guide you out of the thickets of parental alienation and to lead you across the threshold of the impossible to a real dimension where your children are securely held in the orbit of your love and influence. It's not a dream, it's reality, just waiting for you to breathe life into it. You're invited to work on a deeper level with me through our courses, group programs, or private mentorship by visiting undeletabledad.com. One of the best parts of the work that I do is all the interesting people I get to meet who are creating these beautiful brand new tools and programs and spaces and amazing resources for alienated parents that I couldn't have dreamed of just a few years ago. This all gives me so much hope. It's like we're using our hive mind to fill in all the blanks bit by bit so that this monster of parental alienation can be tamed and we can go back to raising the next generation of adults like we're supposed to be doing. Lawrence Joss has taken on a huge piece of the puzzle by creating a wonderful 12-step style peer support group for personal healing. This model is something that's been successful for decades, doing something that was thought to be impossible, which was helping alcoholics attain and maintain sobriety. And now it's doing something many people also thought was impossible, to help parents be happy again, despite a broken family system, so that you can be truly effective and influential as a parent, even at a distance. So after you listen to this podcast, please go straight to Parental Alienation Anonymous and join one of the many online meeting groups there. I'm going to let Lawrence tell you all the details. So tell me about what you do, because I don't know anything about your, your program, your activities, your presence online. Well, thanks. And thanks for taking the time to have a chat with me. I, I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, so our organization, the overarching organization is, is Parental Alienation Advocates. Mm-hmm. And then out of this overall in arch of an organization, we have several doors. You know, and one of the doors is we have a 12-step program. Okay. And yeah. And the 12-step program was adapted from Al-Anon. So we use Al-Anon literature, but we've adapted it to parental alienation. And we just change out some of the words like, you know, alcoholic to alienator. And because Al-Anon is um, about relationships, it works It works really, really well. And uh, we've been going with the meetings two and a half years. We have 14 meetings a week on Zoom. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's wow. Re- that's really great. Yeah, it's a, it's a really magical community, people from all over the world. And, and, and everything we do is open source. So all our meetings, our scripts, the structure, everything's listed on the website. So anyone can take anything and actually start meetings by themselves anywhere in the world. You know, and it's all great. Free. And um, yeah, so we have the 14 sanctioned meetings. And if people write back and want to be included, you know, that, that will happen too. And there's a bunch of other who runs all these meetings? That's a lot. So the neat thing about 12-step is it's peer-to-peer. So every single meeting has its own secretary and its own leader, has its own script. It's, each meeting is autonomous. So initially, there was a lot of work starting the initial meetings. And as more people came, and some people come out of 12-step, and some people come out of just regular life, then we, we train them and teach them. And 
mentor folks how to run meetings. And now every single meeting has its own secretary, its own leader. And when their terms up, they have their own elections, they run their own stuff. And uh, the secretaries meet once a quarter to go over any changes, issues, stuff like that. And then there's a, a layer above that just to, to protect the community and, and then the organization. So it's incredible. And like, you want to talk about magic. You see people coming in and trauma and ripped apart and, and lonely and isolated. And then they start to see, whoops, that's my 4.30 alarm telling me it's time to meet you. <laughs> Sorry about that. And uh, and you see the, the lights just start to come on and they start to um, realize they're not alone. And then they start to see that there's some hope because they the, the, the function of the program is to work on yourself, is right. to work on your own ecosystem. That, that's that is perfect. And it, it just fits so beautifully with what I have been talking about for the last few years in this podcast and with my group and to my clients, which is that I try to get people to understand, okay, I mean, in my case, I'm working with dads in particular, um, but I, I try to get them to separate like their wounded human from their fatherly energy and that you can't be coming to your kids with your wounded human energy because that's not what they need from you and it's not attractive and it's not going to draw them back towards you you know like and it can't be it can't ever be their job to to heal your wounds from all the shit that's gone down right like they are the actual they are the real victims of this. And you as an adult have resources to help you to cope, which they have not. And you are actually providing that fantastic resource that I want to send everybody to, you know, like you need, you need friends and people and support and ways to pull yourself together so that your, your human can do some healing while you, you know, that another part of your function remains in this, this fatherhood function of giving out, giving outwards. Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. It's not the kid's job, you know, or, or place in the family system to take care of anyone but themselves. And a lot of parents, including both sides of the equation, the alienator and the targeted parent or whatever language you want to use, tend to put the kids in some positions that they shouldn't be in. And we talk about all that all the time in the program is this is to find yourself to emotionally and spiritually grow. So you have the opportunity and the ability to be a parent, you know? Oh, which... this is so beautiful, Lawrence. Like I'm going to pump this really as hard as I can, because I, I just think this is great. And I'm so happy to learn about, about what you're doing. That's amazing. Can I ask if you, if you don't mind sharing just a little bit about how you came to do this? I imagine that you have some story of your own that led you in this direction yeah 100 percent. yeah and, and thank you for that that question and and this is just one of the many doors that we have the 12 steps i'll get to the other doors afterwards and i just want to say because you do work with a lot of men we also have men x groups and women x groups where they're just gender specific and we add the x to be gender inclusive yeah and and it's like for me i started in 12-step programs 35 years ago when i was 18 years old Wow. You know, so I've been around a long time and I got sober like 17 years ago and I got sober in men's stag. So I was around men sharing in a way that's different to a mixed meeting. Exactly. 
that saved that saved my life and that's why there's specific men's groups and the specific women i i so believe in that i really really do and it's not people ask me all the time like you know well what about the moms you know and it's like i'm not i'm not against i i do have some some mom clients some one-on-one clients but it's a what i say is that the alienation dynamic is a very different one where the mother is the alienator or where the father is the alienator it's a very very different dynamic and i don't want to dilute my message by finding what they have in common and only speaking to that you know like i want to go full on to what what dads can do and i know that moms have a lot of resources sometimes moms just reach out to me and just say i i want to work with you and i'm fine with that but the in terms of the program that i develop and the messaging that i have i really I believe this also that there needs to be this um I don't like the word safe space because that I don't know it that kind of bothers me in some way but the idea that you don't have to be like politically correct with everything that you're saying so that you don't you don't say something to offend the moms or whatever like I need to say what I need to say and not have people um coming at me to say that this doesn't doesn't suit their situation in some way so i i really i believe in that that um the exclusivity in the sense that people you're right they're you're free to um it's like a soft landing or something you're free to um express yourself without a fear that somehow what you're saying is going to offend somebody we need to get those things out and so better to have all the people in another room who can do the same thing you know then everybody wins everybody wins like that yeah i'm a huge believer in in affinity groups and having the the space to share where you are in an affinity group and within the context of 12 step we have a really safe structured container because we're talking about recovery and in 12 step people have sponsors that they get to work with some of the stuff and they need professionals like you that they can come to and process on a different level because we're just peer-to-peer run there's no one really with any kind of training we're just holding you know walking arm in arm and walking each other home to some degree you know yeah oh that's so beautiful so i'm sorry because i interrupted you and you were talking about your own journey so please pick up yeah so so i got sober and in in the beginning of my sobriety uh, my my wife at that time had asked me to leave the house and I thought I'd just be gone for a couple of days. And, you know, alienation was always there from from day one. And that's a it's a big part of, of my recovery and acknowledging that. But um, so I left the house and my oldest daughter stayed in the house, didn't talk to me for a year, wouldn't get in a car with me, anything like that. And my two middle daughters, you know, I had 50 percent of the time after after fighting for that a little bit. And um. And I also left my 12-year-old daughter there because I thought she would just grow out of it and there was really nothing going on. And I was in AA and I was going to some Al-Anon meetings, but I was predominantly in AA. And then and then after a year, you know, my, my ex was having some addiction problems and I got my daughter back in my life 50% of the time. You know what I mean? And, and we everything was really great for three or four years. And and I, I, I say that because alienation is this thing that, moves up and down it's not consistent and it's definitely yeah. not near and it never leaves it's not going away if someone gets their kids back that's when the work starts in my opinion <laughs> absolutely yeah so absolutely. I went 
Yeah, I went through through that and uh, did a lot, a lot of interpersonal work, had no idea about the word alienation. And I came to the word alienation eight, nine years into my story. And uh, everything that I had done just fell into place. I'd done all the work to get there, but I didn't have a word for it. Mm. You know, so like I did a, I did something called I, IBP, which is Integrative Body Psychotherapy. It's a two-year somatic teacher training, which was phenomenal, really opened up the hood to see how I was hardwired and all the different things that was going right. on. And during that process, I discovered like the love that I had for my first wife was the same thing for my mother where I was helping regulate someone else's nervous system. Right. Yeah. And it was like this really intense love. And when my wife got pregnant with her, with our first daughter, that intense love switched to her belly. So she was getting regulated by the child. So alienation started like wow. they were enmeshed code co. Yeah. She, her, her system was, I call it, I use colonization when I talk about the mm. children, that the nervous system has been colonized by a parent is really, wow. what I, yeah to say that and uh you know and then life was okay my my kids did a lot of stuff in recovery with me and then my body started to shut down like physical pains are a really big part of my story and when my body started to shut down my, my middle daughter had to pick some way to go and it was a our, our relationship kind of fell apart there and uh yeah and um i i found myself going to al-anon and really working an al-anon program because it's based on the relationship with all the relationships in your life. And then at a point I couldn't reach that itch. The pain was just too intense. So at that point I started something different and adapted it for PAA and just started meetings and started, you know, reaching out to different people. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just incredibly grateful. And I, and I will say like, I need this really diverse skill set to be able to navigate building this organization and, and this organization is getting built. So every single person is replaceable, including myself like the hierarchy and the, the, the stuff and the, the patriarch and different stuff that's going on that keeps people separate and keeps stuff away from a, a linear, um, a, more of a linear vision, you know, is, is really challenging. So it's, it's a really cool space that we're navigating and really rich and so many wonderful people that are recovering that are participating in everything that the podcast is and everything that the organization is like my face might be in the front, but there's, it's probably 40 of us doing a bunch of work, you know? Wow. That's so great. I'm I'm just so happy to hear about this because, uh, you know, really, I, I this is a great, I just feel like in the last year or two, that it's like we're, we're like mycelium, you know, like finding each other or whatever, like this network is growing, like there are nodes, you know, there are like nodal points where, like you've got a thing and I've got a thing and I'm like, I'm meeting all these people now who are um, taking care of different parts, different parts of this story. You know, there's, there's a Facebook group called Pro Se Dad, where Anthony Cancel is a, uh, uh, what do you call it? I think he's a paralegal, if I'm not mistaken, but his journey is teaching dads how to represent themselves in court. And he's got like 10,000 people in his, Facebook group who are like they're so organized and they're helping each other there they have meetings where they go over each other's cases and you know like that's just that is completely brilliant and then um you know on my side I have the undeletable dad, dad podcast and Facebook group and I've had some programs where men are you know working together and having that 
um, that sense of community and also going through, it's certainly not a 12 step program, but you know, I'm teaching, um, it's, it's a lot of personal development stuff. And it's also as, you know, a new kind of parenting, as you just mm -hmm. said, like your job starts when you get your kids back after this has been going on, right? Like a, a different kind of parenting you're going to be called on than what you would have done if you weren't being undermined every minute, you know, every step along the way. And you're, so many of your regular parenting tools are no longer available to you in this environment. So it's just about you know, laying down new track to, to, you know, to, to follow a new direction. And it takes some work initially, but then you just send your train down and then it goes right. So, so many, I, there's, uh, I just spoke with um, Enrique Gutierrez, who's developed uh, an app called find my parent for adult children who have completely lost track of a parent. In many cases, kids have been abducted overseas. Right. Um, and they've literally some in some cases the their name has been changed they've been adopted by a step parent whose name has been erased from their um, birth certificate so you know he's got this app so that people can find each other and they're they're doing it right so like all these all these different pieces are becoming available that um you just had to look really hard for before um, yeah. And I think it's beautiful that we're, you know, linking ourselves together. It's really nice. Yeah, it, it is a beautiful thing. And I, I love the work that you're doing and that you're accessible and that you're teaching these dads all these wonderful ways to navigate the the family system and also kind of like breaking down the old constructs that we've been operating on that aren't even ours. Like I found that for myself, like I was operating constructs from a generation or two generations ago in my family lineage. And that's just the way it was. And I never even asked where it came from. It was just there one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's, um, uh, I've worked a lot with family constellation therapy. Is that something you're familiar with? Yeah, I'm doing an interview in a couple of weeks with that. I can't, I can't wait. I love family constellations. I think she's Canadian, the lady that I'm interviewing. Um, I, I, well, I, I don't know that many people who do it. I know there's a woman near me, uh, in Guelph. I'm trying to remember what her name was. Anyway, it doesn't matter because anybody who does it is, uh, I'm sure, is doing great work. But I've been into that for you know twenty plus years. So that's, um, yeah, that's a big, uh, a big, I mean, I, I'm going to say, I love it. I haven't studied in the sense of, uh, you know, following a, a practitioner training or something like that, but I've done some like full weekend workshops that they're so powerful. It's, and when you see it, you can't, <laughs> you can't believe that energy, right? When you're talking about, like, I was following some construct from generations ago, like, like you see it with your own eyes in the room and you, you just can't believe the things that have, I, we could have a whole session on, I'll <laughs> tell everyone to listen to your session on family constellations. Cause that's, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I did a four day retreat in, uh, in Portland. Uh -huh. The first day I'm like, this is just quirky. This is just like way out there and it's just dumb. And then I got to do a constellation with my kids and my ex-wife. Yeah. And I got to see like my youngest daughter, 
had my the lady that was playing my ex-wife's like legs around her and like a scissors so yeah. she literally couldn't move it was su yeah, such a powerful yeah. yeah for anyone out there it's a really interesting access point it it is absolutely and that i have to say that really informs my understanding mm. of the dynamic and you know i'm somebody who has a kind of whatever you want to call it a capacity to vision what's happening in the family you know i i talk to somebody and i i see those dynamics playing out you know i see um where where the mom is now you know like the mom is a little immature let's say on some level and now that her daughter is 13 or 14 they move into this best friend totally. kind of dynamic right and like i can see where these things are are happening or where the the mom is just so afraid of losing the the support you know like she's kind of leaning on the kids who are supporting her and the the prospect of them going out into the world as they're going to do right it like makes her cling and the the clinging in the um i mean it's not good for them no matter what but it it is completely obvious to the dad because they she clings onto the kids you know he's representative in some way of them going out into the world and so the first way to hold them close is to keep them away from dad so a lot of the a lot of the energies that i see i know that they come to me from having experienced those kind of dynamics in the in a context of doing family constellation work and an interesting part about my story is my ex-wife was alienated from her father when I married her. her wow. Wedding wasn't at the birth. She just said he was he wasn't a good guy. And I'm like, okay, like why would I say anything different? Yeah. At 21 years old, 22 years old when I got married. And 10 years later, because family is really, really, really important to me. So I was always like, hey. So we she landed up reconnecting with her dad. He was just a nice man, just a regular human being, just like me. And and he was really mad at his ex. And the only reason they really got back together is because she landed up overdosing and, and dying, my, my ex's mother. Mm. But they got back together. And even getting back together, she would still talk about him when we spoke about, it, like, you know how my dad is. He's never going to change. He was never really around for me. Yeah. Like, you're talking about all these ideas and constructs that were from her mother that she's embodied and she can't separate out, that they're not even her feelings. And she's 54. Wow. It's, it's 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 fascinating and scary and i will say i had a conversation with him before he passed away when i reached out to him and said hey you know what i mean and he he was so scared of losing his relationship with his daughter that he now had that he was in complete denial that it was happening to another generation even though my kids weren't talking to me they had disowned me they stopped talking to every single person in my family and and just like him no one none of my kids ever spoke to anyone in his his family ever and he watched this as a grandfather and was like huh this seems okay it's it's a fascinating um, yeah. inertia that parental alienation actually garners itself it starts to move and function and grow by itself without anyone even doing anything you know i can't tell you the number of professionals or let's say people who are doing you know reunification programs or making videos about alienation or whatever who realized as adults like after they were already engaged in some kind of activity about alienation 
that they realized retroactively that this had been done to them as a child because they also had this narrative like, well, this isn't my story. My dad's just a bad guy. Like I wasn't alienated from him. He, he was just a jerk. And it's as they, you know, it's the, the, the narrative starts to unravel and they, you know, have this light bulb moment where they're like, wait a minute. Like it was only my mom who said that, like, I wonder if it was really true. Um, so yeah, it's a, it is a multi-generational kind of trauma and that's part of God. It's part of why it's so important to, to get it right now. You know, yeah. like this is a, this is an important legacy. I talk a lot about legacy with the dads that I work with because for me, it's one of the, it's one of the ways in, in terms of the, what you're talking about, like pulling yourself out of this kind of heavy negativity that is clearly, you know, it's not your fault that you're in this shit, but it, it is, you know, it's very hard to cope with and focusing forward on legacy and really like visioning the biggest possible legacy for yourself as a father is is one of the pathways out you know like to focus ahead on the grandchildren or the like great grandchildren who are coming or what how you're going to um leave part of yourself to guide your children even your adult children after you're gone like that's your you still get to be a father right and uh so it's it's fun to to work like that and it's um i mean it's not about thinking about when you're going to die you know it's thinking about like what is important about you what do you want them to know about you that they don't know now and how are we going to fix it so that so that that's very clear uh, you know and uh how are you going to now stop this this like runaway train of generational alienation that's coming for everybody if they don't if you don't heal this they're gonna it's gonna happen to them and to their children and the children afterwards um, um, and, and i call like a lot of the work that, that that i'm doing personally i call it parenting without access yes like I'm father i'm still parenting and my parenting is is running this organization my parenting is starting a podcast my parenting is talking about this publicly you know what I mean? Like I'm not stopping to parent. It just looks different than I thought it would. You know, for you. I, I love that attitude. I love it. it. That's absolutely consistent with what I talk about. I had, um, there's a series of videos that I did uh, on Facebook a number of years ago, and it's available now on my Undeletable Dad um, website. People can just sign up to receive it by email, but it's five videos about what to do if you lose access. And there's like, and it takes me five videos to go through all the things that you can do. People get get kind of paralyzed or they feel like, well, my kids said that they don't want to hear from me. And so, like, I better not do anything. And so, like, part of it is like working on yourself. And that's your job to to where you you're not uh, feeling so low that you give that a lot of meaning. Right. And stepping back into your dad's shoes where you're like. Yeah, maybe you don't want to go to school. Maybe you don't want to eat your vegetables or go to bed before two o'clock in the morning, but I'm your dad and I know what you need. And you do need to hear from me. 
and I'm not going to harass you, but here's how it's going to go. And to be, to feel good about that and not that you're, that you're like begging for scraps, but that your job is to provide these, I mean, I call them codes of fatherhood. You have codes for your children and you're going to send them out there and you're going to keep trying in every direction. If you can't get in the front door, you're going to go to the back door. You're going to dig a tunnel. You're going to go down the chimney. Like you just, you don't stop just because the kids are displaying evidence of being emotionally manipulated because that's what it is. And we, we don't do ourselves or anybody a service when you believe that, you know, a hostage with a gun to their head who says, yeah, no, everything's fine here. Leave me alone. You know, like you're not doing them a service by believing what you say. You have to help them to get what they need from you in a way that feels safe for them. 100%. No, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, and uh, just, just to touch base on a little bit more about what we do in the organization. Yeah, please. Something else that's really fun is we we have a an education and advocacy platform, and it's called the Family Hope Project. And what we have parents do anonymously is they submit a piece of art, painting, song, dance, sculpture. They title it, and then they write a description what is it about. You know what I mean? And people are, like I had one dad sent me a, a napkin with him in a boat coming out of court, and the boat was taken on water. And he's just like, I'm going to die. Like, this is just oh, too much. Man. And he writes a description about this. So this stuff is visceral and powerful and it's through art. And then we add all the educational pieces to it. And we're about to launch the website. We've got a couple hundred submissions already. That oh, we've been, wow. But we're going to make the portal a portal for every organization in the world. So we want people to co collaborate with us and take ownership of it. And this is going to be used to educate folks and stakeholders everywhere in the world in theory and then there's going to be different topics like for court judges, lawyers, therapists, you know, parents, wow. children, you know, so really exciting, visceral, visceral, visceral teaching mechanism that I think is is going to be phenomenal, you know, and yeah, yeah really, really, a really exciting tool. And then we also do, um, we have the podcast, which has been really fun. And we have a lot of parents coming on on panels that are talking about their experience we have a bunch of kids coming on this season that are talking about their experience of young adults, adults that are talking about what it's like and, and some different professionals. And then, and then a lot of holistic stuff. Like I have someone coming on that does family constellations, but she does family constellations, nonviolent communication and neuroscience. So we're going to talk about the inter intersectionality of all those and how they affect the family system, you know? And I have some Zen priests coming on. I have a lot of different things that I've done. And I know people in so many different holistic spaces that were really so cool. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to come on and talk about Bach flower alchemy. Cause that's my, like, that's my big thing. I I've just, are, do you know Bach flowers? Do you know about You're, Bach flowers? I, I thought I knew a lot, but I haven't heard that before. What is that? Well, so you haven't heard it cause we haven't talked before and it's my thing. <laughs> so, um, uh, this is um, archetypal consciousness. Vaguely speaking, you know, Carl Jung, Caroline Mace, and all the other people who have worked with archetypes. And it's it's been distilled yet again into something that was called shadow alchemy. It's been called archetypal alchemy. 
but about um, essentially identifying the the shadow, the the negative pattern of thinking, the the internal negative dialogue, and using a kind of um, antidotal message from the from the power archetype that corresponds to the same channel. So like the the child would be the shadow and the the sovereign is the power version. And so there are written um, statements or behaviors uh, for like for the power archetype that you, when you read them, when you understand where you're stuck, when you see which sort of which aspect of the child, just for instance, is at work where um, you know, you're um, maybe not able to take responsibility for um, for the things that are happening to you, or where your identity is is shattered because you don't feel like a father anymore, like the the child issues, right? Then you find the the phrase or the statement. It's almost like a an affirmation from the from the power element that gives you the, a kind of instant insight of like, you know, like slaps you in the face where you say like, okay, that that's the truth. Now I, now I see that I'm telling myself a story because mm. I can see that that's the truth. So it's a very beautiful system. And it, I mean, it's the most amazing thing that I've ever encountered in many years of looking around at things. Um, but it occurred to me to sort of, have some kind of bodywork bridge for that because it's a it's still a very cerebral thing and it's it's meant to be something that you feel in your body and I am not a body kinesthetic kind of person it's hard for me to get into my body personally um, but with Bach flowers it's like a it's a almost a kind of bodywork because it's shifting your energy you know, on the cellular level, it's changing the vibrational pattern of your cells to make you able to host this new frequency that you're calling in, right? And so I've been working for the last couple of years on um, weaving these two things together so that you can choose an actual flower essence or a blend of them, which I, I usually do, to support the actual transformation that you're making. They're the exact flowers, the exact flower essences that correspond to the, you know, to this channel that you're working on making a transformation in so that it goes so much faster and that the insights, well, this is how it's been for me. The insights that you get really land in your body and become real in a very, uh, yeah, a very, tangible way more so than than what i was used to experiencing just with the just with the alchemy work um because something can seem true to you sort of in your mind but your body will still react you'll still um you'll still react in your survival mode around it like physically right uh sure. if it's not if it if it's not real in your body it's not real so I do this work now um, with individuals, but it is so beautifully suited to working with families um, because once one person in the household, you know, knows how to do this, like there's a, 
there's a remedy or a blend for everything. I mean, my stepdaughter is constantly as she's saying, I need something, you know, and she'll tell me what, what her situation is. And I can, you know, you can buy a like lifetime supply of these things for, you know, about 200 us dollars. Like it costs nothing to, to have everything on hand. And so um, I'm really interested in exploring how to help kids who are um, under this kind of pressure under a great deal of the pressure of being between, you know, the, like inside of the conflict between their parents, which is really like the two halves of yourself, not being able to live together, right? It's a just a devastating thing to be a child in that circumstance. So people are asking me all the time, like, how can I help my child or my stepchild who has to go now every other week or occasional weekends or whatever it is to a household that is so hostile to our life together here how can i support them in being able to endure that um and you know to be able to endure um wanting so desperately to uh, be good enough for your other parent to please them and having to make a you know a terrible sacrifice to cut away a family member in order to to please a parent so there's so much um so much scope for using these kind of um energetic level tools because that's where it happens you know you don't you don't need a spade and a shovel to fix this kind of you know problem you can't literally hit someone with a baseball bat you need to you need to work on the on the energetic uh, the energetics of the of the person and of the whole dynamic to make it change. You know, that sounds like really incredibly rich, wonderful work. And I love that you bring in the embodiment and getting into the body and like, it's not real, right? It, the, the mind bypasses the body. It happens in the body first. So I, I love that. You know, and it's funny, um, through our group, we did a little retreat with some of the Canadians. Oh, cool. They took me to um, something Springs Island, uh, Salt Springs Island. Salt Spring Island, yeah. And part of my recovery work is dance. So when we're on Salt Spring Island, I took them all to something called ecstatic dance. Neat. Which I've done, done ecstatic dance before. But ecstatic dance is just free form. You listen to the music, it's got a beat, and then you just do whatever you want to do or your body wants to do. Yeah. And I was just talking to one of the ladies like yesterday or the day before. I'm like, what's one of your highlights of your recovery, of this recovery journey? And she's like, ecstatic dance like i was finally able to get into my body and start to work with some of the stuff away from the cerebral yeah kind of processing where we get so stuck and she said like that was it so i love great embodiment stuff yeah that's so cool well lawrence tell the listeners where they can find you so um podcast i um, guess it's everybody everywhere the podcast is family disappeared and it's on all channels apple spotify whatever you have there and then the organization's website is pa-a.org and you okay. can go on there it'll have the podcast it'll talk about the foundational trainings the family hope project and it has a meeting schedule you sign up for the meeting schedule and you'll get an automated email so you can come to the meetings anytime you want it's all on zoom and, that is um, so brilliant it's so brilliant I'm, I'm really really happy to learn about this and i'm gonna make sure that i uh, that I talk it up everywhere I go, because I think everybody 
you know, everyone should be taking advantage of this. It's an incredible, an incredible tool. Yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity. It does not replace the professionals. People still need professionals. They still need additional support, but it's people you can text every day and see every day and build relationships with. And you don't have to explain any kind of language. Everyone understands what's yeah. happening already, you know, which is really so useful. great. So great. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank I'm going to put all the links. I'll put all the links in the show notes for this. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. As I've said before, being a father in this kind of twilight zone of hostility and conflict is a superhuman endeavor. You can be a superhuman dad, only providing and protecting and sending outwards, but your human needs help. Your physical body and your nervous system and your spirit are human, and they need to be supported so that the superhuman part of you can come online. You need a place to express your human needs and receive some nourishment. This is not weakness. It's how the warrior archetype takes care of business. You need to clean up your energetic field so that your kids are not left in charge of your wounds. It's just never their job to give you what you need to be okay. You have to be okay first before the flow of love can turn around and come back towards you. Go to parentalalienationanonymous.com and sign up right now for one of Lawrence's groups. You can't do anything for your kids until you have your hope restored. So if you really love them and you want to be their hero, this is where you start. Once you separate your wound from your job and you reconnect with hope, consider working with me to activate that level of potential you didn't know you had to animate that powerful archetypal energy that will draw your kids back towards you with your own irresistible magnetism. Reach out for an exploratory call to tracy at undeletabledad.com. Thanks for listening. Your kids thank you too.